Alrighty, everybody. We are live with Victoria Boyington of Callbox. We're going to test this out. Just, just talking to the mic. Hello, Victoria. Hey there. How's it going? Great. All right. Let's see. Let's turn this up here. Alrighty. I think, I think we're good to go. Um, so excited to have you on the show. Um, so, Victoria, for those who don't know, is um, the founder of California Women's Music and is also in this amazing project called Callbox. Um, and she also does some, uh, some like, you're in a, a band with for kids' music too, right? Yeah, yeah. I also have a, a band called the Silly String Band. And uh, it's a band that I do with my, my girls. And uh, they play bass and I play guitar. And we sing, like, you know, head, shoulders, knees, and toes. It's all, it's all geared towards early childhood, you know, education. She does it all. She does it all. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I need, I need to put out an album of children's music. That would then, you know, solidify that project a little more. Yeah. I mean, in due time. There's, like, nothing but time now, right? I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nothing so, but time, but then there's no time. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that's just how it is with everything going on right now. Um, yeah. So, Victoria's going to play a couple of tunes today. Do you want us to get started with one? Um, sure. We can definitely do that. So, Sounds um, amazing. I'm going to play some songs off of our EP. Awesome. And you can find Tongue Tied. It's our EP. We actually just started our band camp yesterday. Um, so I'll have to up, update that on our website. But if you go to callboxmusic.com, you can find all of our music there. But I guess we can start with Born in El Paso. Awesome. Because that song is, uh, well, it's a blues kind of song. And uh, I really love that song. People really like it when we play it live. It's about my hometown, El Paso, Texas. Uh, they're kind of having a hard time right now because they're part of that Rio Grande region. Um, yeah. But it's so interesting uh, to write a song about the place where you grew up. Um, when I wrote that song, I was really into singer-songwriter-ish kind of people, and I was really into Barbara Dane. And uh, she's an old blues guitar player um, and innovator of the San Francisco time frame uh, in the 60s. And um, she had said, write what you know. That's so awesome. That's True. So that's how the song came about. <laughs> I love that. No, I mean, I totally agree because, like, there's so many people, I mean, especially, like, I, I know a lot of, like, younger musicians and a lot of people, like, write about things that they're not very familiar with. And I'm like, you know, like, it, it really hits hard when it is something you know. And I think that's, I was just talking um, off air with Victoria and I was like, this is, like, my favorite song because I was just playing it. Um, before our interview and I was like oh my gosh like I love Born in El Paso I was born in El Paso because it's just such it hits hard it's just a beautiful song so I'm excited to hear it live excellent so we'll play that for you now Victoria Boynton everyone In the heat of the 
to do a little applause here. <laughs> it's not oh, the same you, as so like an audience, but you know, it's something. I oh my gosh, I love that song. And I guess now you kind of do or no, you don't live in San Francisco, do you? Oh no, we don't. We live in the Central Valley. Um, but my organization, California Women's Music, we are located in San Francisco. Amazing. So do you want to talk about that for a little bit? San Francisco or California Women's Music? Oh, of course. I would love um, so, to. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So explain so, what the organization is. Of course. California Women's Music is a tax-exempt 501c3 organization. Um, it's an event-centric type of nonprofit, and our activities include pop-up concerts, benefit shows, um, educational events, and a large-scale music and art festival. Um, all of this is in celebration of women and girls in music, art, literature, poetry, and business um, we facilitate ongoing grant programs and we, you know, our goal is to fund and support women in music, business, education, and the fine arts. That is so amazing. That is something that like, we need more of that. I feel like in the industry, um, especially, uh, I don't know. Cause I was here, like, there's so much going on now about, um, a lot of like record companies that are being under scrutiny because um, of a lot of like sexual harassment claims and stuff. And I think it's just amazing. I know like, this week, I think what was it? Burger records. Yeah. They Burger were records. Latest, uh, they were the latest one. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, I mean, we, we always need safe spaces for women, but um, I feel like, you know, now more than ever, it's so important to foster that environment. And I'm so happy that you're doing that with this organization. Um, I think it's super needed in the industry and just like generally, you know, having a spot for women to grow and like develop their craft and flourish. So props to you. Yeah, I love it. In a safe space where, you know, they know that they are, that, that there's people around them that care about them yeah. and care about their progress. Exactly. So um, I'm just wondering, when did you found uh, California Women's Music? And I read somewhere that you were inspired by Gloria Steinem. Was it a book or a documentary? Something like that. Yeah, so it was a documentary and her book, too. I, I've read a number of books by her, um, but I, I am really um, inspired by her just standing up for things that are right, um, even when it's difficult to do that. And um, in 2014, uh, actually the year before that, um, I was bedridden for a period of time uh, because I was pregnant. And um, at that time, I was, you know, consuming a lot of media. And so I did watch a, a documentary on feminism, actually. And they talked about Gloria Steinem a little bit. And they also talked about the National Music, uh, National Women's Music Festival and when that was created and Lilith Fair. And Lilith Fair was a, an artist-run type of music festival, women's music festival, mm -hmm. uh, by Sarah McLaughlin. But when she was finished with that music festival, it just, it collapsed. Yeah. It just it, nobody else carried it on because it was artist-driven. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with artist-driven festivals. And I thought, what a sad thing, because, like, people really looked forward to it every year. Women were really coming in large numbers to gather together and, and listen to women in music. And so I thought there was a vacancy and sure. I, I didn't, I didn't want it to be a for-profit venture. I really wanted it to be a nonprofit so that it would be, uh, so it would belong to the women of California. That way, if I was no longer involved in the organization, um, it would still go on. Yeah. That's so great. I love that so much. Um, yeah, seriously, thank you for all the work that you're doing. I, I feel like that's just incredible. And, um, as I understand you've, so, um, I, I was reading somewhere that, uh, I think it's something like that I read. It was like the third, was it the third year of you guys putting on this big, um, event? Like what's the, what are, what are some of the events that you do? Um, or some of the events that you did pre COVID that, um, in, empower oh, women okay. in the industry. So, yeah. Pre COVID, um, we would have a yearly music festival. Um, in the beginning it, it happened in October, but October yeah. became a very difficult month to within the first three years of doing the festival, we realized that October was a crazy month. Um, there's harvest, there's, Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much going on at that time of the year that it is crazy to do. And now there's, there's aftershock and that kind of took over October. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were just like, yeah, I don't know that we can really sustain October as a month. Um, so then we moved our festival to July when we made a move to San Francisco yeah. in the last couple of years. The first event that we did when we moved to San Francisco was in, uh, 2019. Nice. And that was at the Milk Bar. Oh, fun. And what we did is we celebrated uh, the Women's Day, National Women's Day um, there. And so now every year we have, in March, we have uh, our Women's Day celebration. 
And then in July, we have our actual festival. And right before COVID, on March 7th, we did have our last show at Bottom of the Hill. It was a Women's Day celebration oh, with uh, Hellbiner, Olivia Jean. And there were a lot of other amazing artists that played that night, too. I'm so glad you got that kind of final thing in. That's really great that you got to, you know. Yeah, it was literally the weekend before all the shutdowns because that was March 7th. And March 11th is when they started announcing like the FDA was going to shut down and all that. And so we were really lucky. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) So I guess moving into um, this virtual universe now of things that you can do, like, how have you prepared for that? And um, we were talking about some things that are coming up that are really exciting. Um, so please share because it sounds really, really cool. Well, um, we actually did an immediate pivot in March. Um, in March, we did Etherfest. It was a live streaming uh, concert. We also did a whole round of panels uh, with women in the industry oh, talking about great. how they were affected, you know, in terms of like work offset and what they were doing to stay active as a musician, as an artist, as a tour manager, sound engineer. We had a whole round of those. And um, so you can actually see those on our Facebook Live. Um, If you go to California Women's Music's uh, Facebook page, there's a whole slew of uh, old panels that you can take a look at. We're working on uh, compiling those and and uploading them to YouTube as well, because at that time, um, everything was new. And it took us a, a little yeah. time to pivot and to really understand how to stream to multiple destinations. And so we have uh, pretty much figured that out at this point. Um, and so now we're not doing Etherfest. Now we're doing a homebound virtual tour and a rebirth live streaming concert. And those are our two different platforms for music concerts at this moment. Uh, homebound, uh, we just had one last weekend with Jill Sobule. Um, She was the headliner of that last one. And we have had headliners, Paula Cole, Tracy Bonham. Um, We've had some pretty, pretty amazing people uh, participate, which is great. Um, But Homebound is a pre-recorded type of um, concert. There's like four artists and one big headliner. And uh, there's a little interview beforehand. And those proceeds go to Ivy Room directly. 40% of the proceeds go to them. And then 60% goes to our artist relief fund. Um, those particular performances are donated by the artists and we really appreciate them for, for doing that. Um, Rebirth is a different type of concert and we had our first one, um, a couple weeks ago, but our next one is on September 20th. And that one is an actual live streaming concert with like 10 artists and one big headliner. And, um, that one actually has like a hangout. So, uh, we, we developed a way to, initiate um, uh, an artist hangout room where uh, participants will be able to interact with the artists there. That's so great. And so uh, what what is this going to be on? Is this going to be on Facebook Live or YouTube? Yes. Or, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, okay, awesome. we basically, we, uh, we, we live stream to five different destinations, to our Facebook page, um, to Instagram, mm-hmm. to Twitch. We do have a Twitch channel as nice. well. Look up California Women's Music. Um, and then also to our YouTube page. Cool. And um, what is the Instagram? Because I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it. <laughs> I'm just wondering what the handle is. Oh, our Instagram handle is yes. CWMNP. Oh. So it's like oh, California gotcha. Women's Music Nonprofit. Oh, cool. Okay, okay, great. Everyone, Instagram, CWMNP. Awesome. I'm so excited for those festivals. That's going to be so great. Um, yes, I guess I am too. Thank you so much. And I will say that we also have Meditation Monday. And that is our wellness series. Uh, that was another way that we pivoted uh, over this last time frame is that we created a wellness series. Meditation Monday is there for people to just have at least 25 minutes to disconnect a little bit, not necessarily from technology, but just kind of from the world itself and be led through uh, some thoughtful meditation. That's And so that happens great. at 6 p.m. Lovely. On, on all on all of those platforms. Oh, I will definitely be joining one of those. (laughs) That sounds so great. Um, I guess I just have a question um, real quick before we like hop into your next tune um, about networking. Um, So, well, partly it's, maybe it's me just asking out of for selfish reasons because I'm currently working on an art collective and music collective. And um, something that I tend to struggle with a lot is um, really networking out and reaching out to different people. Like how... How have you, like, over the years, have you gotten a lot of your contacts, and what was that road like for you to kind of, you know, gather these people who actually knew about California women's music and to really establish it as something in the community? 
Mm, that's a really good question. It's hefty. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the very beginning, I mean, it was very localized to the Central Valley. And so I really relied on uh, local news to get mm. the word out, um, local news stations uh, to publicize it, and local musicians to participate. Um, also, there were a lot of local businesses that helped to contribute to the rise of California Women's Music Festival. That's great. Um, I, I do owe a lot to Women's International Network. Uh, they've been really instrumental in helping us to connect with a variety of different people within the industry. And um, they've given us opportunities to uh, create volunteerships that, you know, help with She Rocks Awards and those kinds of things. Oh, that's and great. So, their their collaboration has been key. The other was a collaboration with Sound Girls, um, and and we've been with them since 2015 as fiscal sponsors, and um, that's been a really great relationship. And we really appreciate everything that they do for women in live sound. And I know that they appreciate uh, what we're doing for women in music. That's really awesome. Well, it sounds like this organization is just fantastic. I'm so happy to have learned about it. Um, I'm so happy that MJ has connected us. Um, this is fantastic. So everybody, please go check out California Women's Music. Um, such a fantastic organization. I'm so happy we got to talk about it. So great. Um, love for what you're sure. doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having Heck, me on. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Um, I did kind of go through a little bit of a scare there. Um, I did get a COVID test last Saturday. Um, for those of you that haven't done that, it's yeah. not very comfortable. Um, <laughs> Right and it nose. does depend on where you go, because, like, my husband went through CVS, and he actually had to do it to himself. Oh. Uh, yeah, I know. Weird. That's very interesting, isn't That's it? That's very wacky. Uh, that you uh, swab yourself. But I went through Kaiser, and uh, they Kaiser. swabbed me for me. There we go. So, everyone, <laughs> go through Kaiser if you want to right? so someone I else did, to like, swab kind of you. I did, a pool to see, like, what the testing was like. Oh. We also had my daughter go through the health a services agency so each of us did a test at a different place we'll see who gets the results first that's, that's a good test myself yeah <laughs> it's, it's a great Kaiser. test yeah i know <laughs> who, who knows that's a great test though so yeah you just everyone get tested if you feel like you've been in contact with someone we're still in a pandemic oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah still in definitely pandemic. i mean and i've been wearing my mask and making sure to keep my germs to myself right but yeah. yeah, but it is interesting. Yeah. So I apologize for not being here last week. It's A-OK. We're very happy to have you here today, and I'm sure all of our all of our listeners are. I say viewers. We don't have viewers. It's a radio station. <laughs> but, man, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, yeah, so let's move on to some more music. Uh, what's our second song? All right, so the second song that we're going to do is the title track to our uh, four-song EP, Tongue Tied, and it's called Tongue Tied. Oh, I love this one, too. It was excited. actually the the last song that was written uh, right before we went into the studio. We wrote it like a day before, uh, two days before. Oh, that's we so great. We played it like three times. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, we're ready to go. This is awesome. Yeah, right? Like, let's do this. <laughs> that's so awesome. Tongue-tied, everybody. <laughs> Take away time just passing us by until it's time. 
left me hanging tongue-tied You got me breathing broken alibis I feel the screaming out from the inside It never hurts, but if I think too much now It's time to rewind Ooh, I love the way that ends. It's just like, bam, this is it. <laughs> I love <laughs> that song. Um, when you guys were, I guess, writing your first um, EP, was was there anything, like, were there any, like, overlying, what, is that a word? Underlying, underlying, <laughs> overlying. Yeah. Were there any, like, underlying themes um, through your music that you were kind of emphasizing? Ooh, uh, no, we didn't actually, and I will say this, like, with our first EP, because we've been playing together, me and my husband, for like 10 years, and then mm -hmm. we've been playing with Dylan, our drummer, our current drummer, uh, for the past five to six years, um, uh, all four of those songs were songs that I've been playing for a long time, except for Tongue Tied, mm -hmm. so like, Born in El Paso, I wrote on my guitar myself, and and then I started playing that song out, and people really liked it. And then we put it in a band format, and it really worked out. Yeah. Um, Don't hide your eyes. I had been playing that too, um, in a in our band setting, but more of an acoustic type of song. Um, and we had played it a lot of times, and just had never recorded it. And then Pretty on the Outside, we had recorded right before, or not recorded, but we had written right before um, Dylan came into our band, actually with our previous drummer Alex. And um, and then we refined it and perfected it for the album uh, with Dylan. And so it's it's very interesting how we've had a lot of those songs for a long time. So our, our new LP will definitely have more of, um, what's the right word? A focus. Yeah. Right? Because we'll be able to have like a theme possibly. But I, I overall see a theme of loss and love. Yes, <laughs> I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, it, it's such a great little EP. Um, I'm just wondering, so when did you decide, because so you were playing with your husband for a long time before you know, yeah. getting with the band, um, when did you really decide to get out there? I mean, I'm sure that you got out there more with your music with your husband, but did you play any other songs? Did you guys have more of a separate, um, I guess, like focus of songs, or did you just play like those four? Or did you just have like yeah. a bunch of songs that you played? And um, where did you well, play? So, so actually, before I met my husband, so we've been together, we've been married for 10 years. Um, and Congrats. When I, when, thank you. <laughs> and when I first met him, I was singing myself in, a, in like a pop punk kind of band. Oh, nice. And at that time, I was basically taking whatever was written. Uh, that particular band structure was that they would write the songs um, and then they would give them to me. And the particular person who was singing the songs really didn't have the ability to deliver them in that way. Mm -hmm. And so he would kind of give me his idea and then I would put my flavor on it. Cool. And so that was kind of how my first band experience was. And that was in, um, let's see, what year was that? That was in 2007 when I started actually playing. And nice. at that time, like, you could catch me on a street corner and, like, I would <laughs> take out my guitar and I would just, like, play. And I was really experimenting with songwriting and folk music and uh, very deep into that and just trying to really uh, delve into learning more about playing guitar. Um, and so when I met Jimbo, he was already in lots of different bands, too. I mean, he's actually had quite the extensive career in music <laughs> um, where, like, he's been able to open for Metallica and he's been able to oh for Disturbed. And, like, Ooh. he's had a lot of really cool opportunities. But when I met him, uh, everybody was like, you've got to meet this guy, Jimbo. He's a legend. He's a legend in this area. <laughs> and and he has this really great band. And, like, I listened to some of their music. And really what they wanted was uh, vocal lyrics, mm -hmm. lyric lines and vocal lines over it. And so because it was all instrumental. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, this is really good music. 
I should probably meet this guy. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> and then when we met, we just, we've always been together since then. And so when we were first playing music together, there was like a variety of different types of cover songs that maybe we did, but I had also been playing my own songs. So he kind of played what I would play mm-hmm. and he would have his own solo set as well. He had his own solo uh, set of music that he plays on his own. And so we kind of combined that together to, you know, make a set of music. Um, And then from there, we added a drummer. Alex was our first drummer. And um, we wrote some music with him. Uh, Don't Hide Your Eyes came out of that. And Mm -hmm. so did Pretty on the Outside. Um, And he just just didn't have that time to really... He had family and Mm -hmm. um, it just wasn't working out for him. And so I met... I met Dylan actually through... Uh, Valley Music Rocks Institute in Modesto, my kids were taking classes through this uh, rock institute, you know, How and cool. they would put them together in bands. And Dylan was one of the drummers that, like, I had I had seen him in a lot of different bands, but he had also played uh, backup for my daughter who plays bass, and um, he was just really good. And I had seen yeah. him since he was, like, you know, 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, and damn, he was boy. playing in all these bands, and by that time, I think he was, like, 12 13 little like in that time time frame that age range 14 um and uh at that time he had broken up with a band that he was in and I just happened to ask him like hey you know um would you like to play with us and uh he said yeah and so from 14 until now he graduated already from high school that's so crazy we've been playing together the connections you make in life sometimes man like you can sometimes that's, I know, that's like, crazy knew that i would be looking at a kid that had played with my daughter right and you're like <laughs> and be like you oh, try this guy. out that's so awesome um so i'm just wondering uh so as far as like the new lp goes how long have you guys been working on those songs and have you have you like kind of hinted at them live and like live performances ever Ooh, not at all. Not yet. Ooh, um, completely no, new. I mean, like, we'll talk to people about the fact that we're writing music, but we haven't tested any of those songs out. We mm-hmm. have one that's that's more um, developed than some of the other ones, and that one is almost ready to where we could do something like that, but mm-hmm. probably not for another four months or yeah. so, especially with COVID and, like, the way that things are going. Not until the new year that we'll have, like, a song that we could actually, I like... See new song to play live yeah that would that's a bummer but it's true but we have lots of like cover music because we also play Callbox is an interesting band because it it we play like you know our own original music but then we also play like four hours worth of cover music that's so awesome so I, like that's cover our band, I have, maker. yeah i have huge <laughs> respect for cover bands um <laughs> that's really cool i know you were um you were talking about doing like uh like hit me with your best shot and yeah. um, things like that. And like some Amy Winehouse. I, what are some of your favorites to play for covers? Oh, I absolutely love playing Blondie. Um, oh yes. I'm a huge Blondie fan. I love Deborah me Harry. Too. So it, yeah, it, like she's one of my favorites to play. There's a lot of attitude in her songs. Amy Winehouse is lovely. Um, those are great songs to play. Valerie's always real in the pocket. Oh yeah. Know? <laughs> totally um same thing with you're no good that one I, I never really have to worry about it uh, um amazingly enough like I don't normally like country music but I do like singing Carrie Underwood so <laughs> really like, I have one song That's I have awesome. one song that I play of hers which which one last name oh last, last name, name. <laughs> I haven't heard that one She's yeah added on. it's an inter- it, well it's basically about like going out getting real messed up and then you don't know whose last name you have oh my god that's awesome <laughs> that's so oh carrie it's a drinking song ah oh, miss underwood <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect but, i mean it's a cool song and it has like good delivery another one that's really fun to do is pink and lady gaga oh that is those fun are those are fun. crowd pleasers yeah that's oh, yeah. fun pink is challenging like yeah. Anybody who does who's ever tried to sing her songs would know that like you have to work to sing her songs. Oh man. <laughs> There's a reason she has like rock hard abs and oh she man works out every day. <laughs> oh like, pink. She's gotta she's gotta flex that diaphragm. Oh, for sure. I was just wondering, um, just because you're of I'm I'm also a singer and you have such like a beautiful tone to your voice. Like 
it's 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 incredible you have just a an, like a beautiful beautiful singing voice and um i was wondering like i guess as far as training goes like how i don't know i don't know really how to phrase this question but um like have you gotten Are professional you training like, or like what kind of training that i had for singing yeah um, that's i'm just wondering because also like to sing pink this. songs <laughs> oh yeah i know right like, whoa. yeah and that took a lot of, of time, and that was, like, my own personal training. But as a kid, I was always in choir. So mm-hmm. I always participated in choir. Um, I did that all the way through junior high school. And um, there were a lot of uh, choir teachers that I had that taught me different techniques that definitely helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I do also are warm-ups, and there are a ton of them out there now since, yeah. since the creation of YouTube. My gosh, like kids today you don't have to worry about like learning anything oh you can no just way look it up. yeah you just look it up <laughs> if You're i had in. had that kind of stuff when i was like five eight <laughs> and who knows i could have been a pop star right <laughs> but um but yeah a lot of it comes from that um i do steam my voice um that is if i know that i'm going to be singing for a long time or right. i have really high notes um, I do use a steaming method for for my vocal Ooh, um, that's very nice you know. that's so nice uh, hydration is really what that is. Yes. And I yes. do have a routine. So, um, I am vegan. Uh, I've been vegan for, um, for the last year since, nice. uh, our, actually since our EP release last year. Oh, nice. That's when, that's when I made my diet, my dietary change. <laughs> and so I do know that that helps me with my energy level, but on the day before I sing and I know I'm going to be singing like a four hour show, I will drink tons of water. Mm-hmm. I will like wake up that day and the very first thing that I do before I eat anything is I'll drink like a huge glass of water and then all through the day I'm drinking water and yeah. drinking tea and honey and then the day of the show I do the same thing because actually it, it requires a lot of water to, yes. to sing for long periods of time oh like man four hour gigs like what and you cannot hydrate like right before like if you if you try to do that uh right as the show started and you're just like oh I'm gonna drink a bunch of water it's not the same thing. It's kind of like um, like a sport. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's totally like a sport. Yeah, especially if you're playing for four hours. And I guess that kind of leads me to my next question. What kind of gigs like do you guys mainly play? And um, what are like what's one of your favorites? Or what are some of your favorite venues to play at? Oh, I love San Francisco venues. Those are really cool. Bottom of the Hill is really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to play some other venues there, too. Uh, but some of the favorite venues that I have, actually, Windmill Cove is a really nice place to play. They have a, a really cool stage by the water. Oh, that's um, so pretty. I love playing wineries and those kinds of places because they're just, they're fun. You know, people are coming out to hang out and enjoy food and wine. And they're usually in very good mood and yeah. uh, just like to enjoy singing along with you. Um, Dust Bowl Brewery is located here in Turlock. And I've really enjoyed playing there. Uh, they have they've built themselves a nice outdoor stage. Oh, that's and so And they great. have socially distanced uh, tables and stuff, and so it's been that's been pretty nice too. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, oh, I and I how can I forget the whiskey a go go? So we, we oh, played yes. there. Um, that was July of last year. Was the very first yeah, time that I I saw some there. of the videos from that gig, and they looked really really fun. It looks yeah. so much fun. It sounded so good. It's a legendary theater. So, like, you know, Deborah Harry's played there. Like, all of my fam- famous people that I love have played yeah. there before. And so, the doors, you know, it's, it's just legendary. Ooh. So, it was, it was iconic to play there, and it felt great to play there twice. And the second time we played there, I think that was the video that you saw. Yeah. The crowd was sold out. And so, that wow. was kind of a neat. It was a good feeling. Yeah. And that's so cool too, to, you know, be able to step on the stage and be able to say like one of my like influences, like, like Debbie Harry, like Jim Morrison, (laughs) like they were on this stage and played too. Like that's incredible. Or they were back here in this green room. Like exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like those little things. That kind of building where like you can kind of feel the presence of people that have once been there before. That's so amazing. Well, oh man, I can't wait for live gigs again because that's going to be oh, amazing. Oh God, I know. Definitely going to see awesome. you guys. Live. I've played a couple. Um, like we, the last show that we played was the Dust Bowl. Um, Fun. But unfortunately, uh, California was not. I don't know. 
people need to pay more attention to wearing a mask. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Wear your masks. Wash your hands. You know, honestly, just like it's not it's not a thing. It's just yeah. keep your germs to yourself. Yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> Let's get back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If people in the Central Valley could do that, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is our official plea. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> and in Orange County. Yeah. Oh, fun yeah. stuff. Uh-huh. Alrighty. Well that oh that's so fun to hear. Thank you so much. Um let's move on to the next song. How about that? Of course. Lovely. Um, so the next song that we uh can play here is Pretty on the Outside. Oh, I love this one. Um that is also on our four song EP. I love this song. song gives me chills i love that one um i saw on the or yeah on the music city rehearsals um gig that you did that you're talking oh, about yeah, how yeah. is that song about mean girls yeah yeah right yeah. yeah yeah actually that was like in in response to uh, a me a specific mean girl oh um, yes <laughs> within our community and i i never really have said who but 
um, she just had a way of pushing people around and just always making people feel like they needed to do something for her. And I don't know, it just, it got to me one day and I was like, oh man, it just came to me. Yeah. I had that lyric. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. I know that's a, it's very therapeutic. Music is a very therapeutic thing. I feel like, um, especially when it comes to that kind of stuff sometimes. We need people to build each other up, y'all. Not tear each other yeah, down. Like, Don't come need on. women tearing each other down. Exactly. We, be nice to each we other. need to support <laughs> each other during this time. Well, um, I just have a couple more questions about um, some call box things before we get to yeah. your last tune. It's been so wonderful to have you here. I'm I'm so I'm so lucky to be able to talk to you. Um, oh, thank it's you. It's really I amazing. That. Um, so I'm just curious. So you were talking about some of your favorite venues, but I'm wondering. Is there a favorite or is there like a funny moment from like a call box show or just a, any show that you've done that um, <laughs> that has really like stuck with you or that you remember and you really cherish? <laughs> gosh, there's so many. Oh, my gosh. Hit me with a few. I'm down. <laughs> uh, I'm, the reason I, I love say that is, is that like, you know, because we play four hour gigs and, and actually before this pandemic, we were and we had like a whole summer of gigs so we were playing like three shows a week so you can imagine three shows a week four hour gigs usually at a bar or a winery or something of that nature (laughs) there there are a ton of (laughs) there are a ton of stories (laughs) i think my my funniest story i think was this past uh, winter when we were playing it was actually like a christmas gig and it was in lodi and um there were just girls that were passing by and they were just like, woohoo. And then they came over and they just like wanted to hug Dylan and take pictures with them. <laughs> and it was just the fact that they were just like, Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo. It's like, um, and just like ready, the woo ready girls. to have a good time. <laughs> they were super into the, they were like, let's listen to some music. Yeah, and we weren't even playing music. Then we had packed up all of our stuff and ready to go. They were like, wait, you play music. Will you, will you hook it up? <laughs> Like, no, no, madam, we just played a four-hour show. (laughs) Oh, and then New Year's Eve, there was one woman who would not, she, that was hilarious. I don't know why, it's just drunken people, you know. Drunk people are great. Gotta love drunken people. They're great, but not great. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this lady, like, we, we put away all of our stuff, and I, I don't know where she got it in her, I think maybe because the mic stand was still out. She was like, so can you just like hook it back up so that I can sing? (laughs) (laughs) My husband was looking at me like, Oh my God, Um, please rescue me. Well, cause you know, it's a woman. He doesn't want to get in a confrontation with her about it. Yeah. So I had to tell her like, I'm sorry, but you know, if you notice like the PA is all put away. (laughs) Sorry. Not, not today, (laughs) ma'am. And it's not an open mic. (laughs) Right. Uh, Like we're we're being paid to be here. (laughs) Like honestly, I was paid to sing for you. So I appreciate that you want to sing along. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. And I'm also wondering, um, so there are a lot of California women's music live streams coming up and those are going to be fun. Um, Will Callbox be making any appearances on those or any more? um, Are there going to be any live streams that you guys will be doing just generally? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think that we're going to do Homebound, um, but we may end up doing a rebirth, but not this next rebirth. Mm -hmm. Um, I am in discussion with uh, one of our uh, production people for California Women's Music. Her name is Courtney Matz, and she does a an open mic on Mondays, oh, and fun. she had invited me to do that. And so if you look on uh, Courtney Matz' um, Instagram or her Facebook, Courtney Matz Music, I think, mm-hmm. and it's M-A-T-Z, um, she does a, an open mic on Mondays, and so I'm looking into doing that. Oh, that's and, so fun. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll do some other live streams in the future. There's a lot of them out there, so yeah, never. I know that's true. They the possibilities are endless currently. And we did just play like the last. What did we play? The last rebirth. Oh, that's fun. Um, there was like a last minute change up in one of our performers, mm-hmm. and so that performer could not play, so we played. But um, I would much rather like plan it. Yeah, definitely. Just have it, yeah, out there. I never like to just jump in. I'd rather just, like, you know, have it planned that way I know. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I guess my last question for you is, with everything, I guess, going on with COVID and such, um, how do you balance your music career with your career with your nonprofit? I feel like that could be really, like, hefty sometimes. I'm just wondering how you do it. (laughs) 
and, and they kind of intertwine a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the music part is like me. Yeah. You know, but I also feel like I've been doing the women's festival for so long. And now I have um, a group of women that are really proving to be an excellent team. And That's so great. I do believe that uh, because I have those extra people in the organization that are also focused on the mission, that we're able to accomplish things by delegating tasks and creating workflows that, you know, that work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a pretty, like, go get it kind of person. Yeah. So um, somebody asked me that recently. I think it was on our homebound concert. Uh, Courtney, she had asked me that question. Yeah. Like, how, how do I how do I do it? And I said, well, I don't I don't really think about it too much, but I know that each day I make a list. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of make a list of things. These are the things. If I have a, a day to accomplish anything in that day, it would be to accomplish those things that I have on my list. Yeah. And then anything extra is like extra. That's bonus. Yeah. Right? And uh, I did bonus. that too. Well, that's great. Yeah. I was just wondering. But, you know, I try to limit it to like five or less things. Because you don't want to overwhelm yourself with too many things. Mm -hmm. And if five is too many, back when I was like having kids and stuff when I was pregnant, uh, usually like that first year after having a baby, uh, women are really hard on themselves. And so they'll be very hard on themselves and they'll get upset with themselves because they're not doing as much as they think they should. Oh, that is so me. (laughs) During that time frame, I would only give myself three things. So like if I could, you know, get the laundry done, you know, take a moment to myself and read a book to my child, then to me, that was, you know, an Success. accomplishment. That's really great to hear. Um, well, let's move on to this, ne- this last song. So this is the last song of your EP, right? Yeah. So, um, this one is don't hide your eyes. Ooh, this one. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you want to do Corona? Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, there, okay. So actually you had asked me about songs that we played that are not, <laughs> Ooh. And then I didn't tell you about this song. Okay, oh my so gosh. This was a song that we used to play a lot more. Um, just in general. I, it was a song that I wrote a long time ago. But it's weird because like, I, I named it Corona. Really? Which, yeah, and that was not Clairvoyant. like... I didn't know anything about coronavirus. It, it's, a, it's an interesting story. <laughs> oh um, I just gosh. I wrote the song and actually I had the line that said, you know, face this road like a warrior on the road to Bologna. Because I was, I was actually like reading uh, a book by Hemingway and mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a story about this guy in Bologna. And so I was like, oh, that's a really neat thing. But I couldn't say Bologna because my other drummer, Alex, was like, people are going to make fun of you if you try to sing <laughs> Bologna. <laughs> right, they're gonna say yeah. I, I Bologna or something. They're gonna it, yeah, something. And so I was like, oh, I don't want that. That's not cool because I I feel like the song has more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to find like I racked my brain like what rhymes with Bologna. So of course Corona was Ooh. the was the key, you oh, know, because at least like gosh. Corona is a place also. Yeah. You know? Oh man, this is so <laughs> exciting! KXSF exclusive. <laughs> Yeah, so this is one that we don't have recorded, but that we just play live. It's called Corona. I'm so excited to hear it. Falling away 
Woohoo! On the road to Corona. But we have made it. <laughs> We've made it to Corona. <laughs> All of us. And I don't think we want to be here. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Victoria, for joining me on the show today. So amazing to talk to you and hear for you, from you. Everybody check out at Callbox Official on Instagram, Callbox Music everywhere, and California Women's Music.